0: family, it's good to be together. If you're a guest this morning, welcome. Uh, my name is Dominic, and uh, yeah, I got the privilege of leading this community and following Jesus in faith and the honor of opening up God's word this morning. Um, I'll say real quick, Michelle, thank you so much for sharing um, about your time for Space for God. And I would just champion this again myself just to say um, silence and solitude is is life transformational. It's beautiful, it's powerful, it's necessary. When I was challenged Uh, by a mentor to do it years ago, I started doing it. And it, it, it did, it totally started transforming my relationship with the Lord, which transformed everything else. And I would say this, I think I went into it the first time too, going, similar to Michelle, like, oh my goodness, like, what's God gonna bring up? What's he wanna talk to me about? And what I found out is this, that God, when he says he's a God of grace and truth, he really is, and he always leads with grace. And then he brings the truth. Both of them are grounded and founded in his love. But what I found was even though I went there kind of fearful, it was the grace of the affirmation of who I was as his child. And it was words of identity. It was words of his love. It was words of his care for me. It was his words of his compassion towards me. Far before he brought me then those words of truth, of, of ways that he wanted to, to rescue and draw me out. Does that make sense? And so if that all your heart is going, man, I, I just don't know if I can go and sit there and take a beating. No, no, no. <laughs> He's inviting you to come and just let him love on you. And so I, I'd encourage you to do that. Um, many of you guys know, as we jump into today, um, I've got a three-year-old son named Otis, and uh, that's another thing that was life transformational, was, was having kids. And when Otis was first born, I really felt like my job and my responsibility was kind of just what I spoke of, was, was to make sure that he knew that he was loved, that he knew he was safe, that he knew he was welcome, that his identity was grounded and founded in love. And I was able to do that for, for a good season, and I'm, I'm still trying to do that. But what we've gotten towards now that he's three and a half, what we've been in for about the last year is this place in this phase where he's really independent. And Otis was an early talker, and he could communicate really well. But what we found out in this last year is that also Otis has hearing issues. And so what we found out is that half the time he's actually hearing like this. And that was eye-opening for us to learn that, but also frustrating, because at times we were going, why aren't you listening to us? What's going on? And so I had to learn this practice, both my wife and I, where we just got down close and we would get more on eye-to-eye level so he could see me and know that I really do love him. I'm just talking loud because I need his attention, not because I'm trying to do anything different. And I'd even have to grab his face and just say, Otis, here, listen to me, less." But even that was sometimes given a response of a typical toddler or maybe just my own son of this independence of, no, I don't want to, all this and that. And so I started switching. From asking him, one of the questions I'd always ask him in that season was, was, Otis, what do you know? And he'd say, Mama and Daddy love me. And the follow-up question would be, how much do we love you? And he goes, you guys love me this much. And then we'd, we'd do a big hug. But what had to transition was this question from, Otis, what do you know? And him going, I know that you love me. Was I'd have to ask him as I got down there, I'd say, Otis, do you trust me? Otis, do you trust me? Do you trust Dada? And I've gotten him to begin to dialogue on that. And sometimes it's still, no, I want to do my own thing. But he's learning to go, okay, I do. I trust you. Dad, I I trust you. And so now it's, okay, Otis, if you trust me, then let's go do this. Or let's stop doing this. Or let's do something different. We can redirect him from that place of a foundation of relationship where he knows that he's loved. Mom and Daddy love me this much. But he also knows that that I'm trustworthy. Because over time, we've built a relationship where when I say, do you trust me? He can go, I I do, I do. And it it, it totally de-escalates everything. It makes it so it's not a fight anymore, but it's, it's, it's this relationship of love and of trust, and we can begin to move forward now in something. You guys, if you've been around for a while, you know that last year, um, beginning of 2018, as the leadership was praying for our church in terms of just what God was speaking and saying, what his heart was towards us, um, I presented to you guys four words. Relationship, depth, healing, and freedom. And over the last year of 2018, uh, we different ways we engaged in that. We journeyed toward that. We different people in different ways, sometimes communally, sometimes just in your missional communities, but individually. I just keep hearing these stories of this last year where those four words rang true. People said, yeah, God invited me in that. I'm experiencing that. I'm growing in that. And so this year at the beginning of 2019, or at the end of 18, praying for 19, the heart again was the leadership just to go, God, what's your heart this year? What are you calling us towards? Is there other specific words or an invitation that you have for us similar to this? And what I kept hearing was deeper, just, just go deeper. It's still about, I'm still asking this community to come with me in relationship, in depth, in healing and freedom, but but I want to take you deeper. And in some regards, I think the word is, do you trust me? Do do you trust me? Because the only way that we can continue to grow and go deeper with God in relationship, deeper in, in depth, deeper in healing, deeper in freedom, is if we actually really trust him. If we know that he loves us, but also then when he looks at us and he holds our face and he says, do do, do you trust data?" that we can look back and say yes. And if the answer is yes, then he says, okay, then I can take you this place. I I can move you forward. I, I can lead you because you trust me. This morning, I want to look at the gospel of Mark. We're going to look at a big chunk of chapter one and look at the the fact that that it really just is the the kingdom of God. God's heart really is, all throughout scripture, I believe, the more and more that he's given me those four words, and I've read it with that lens over the last year, God's heart towards us and for us, for the world, it's relationship, it's depth, it's healing, it's freedom, because he's a God of, of grace and truth. He's a God of love. So, I want to read with you this morning a big chunk of of Mark's gospel. And then we're going to talk about those things a little more relationship depth, healing, freedom. And then I want to spend some time, too, to talk about some specific practical ways, tangible ways that I believe God's inviting us as a community to move forward again in relationship depth, healing, and freedom as a community. Cool? You guys on board for the ride today? Sweet. Let's go. Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says this It says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist and he ate locust and wild honey. And he preached saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven I want to pause there for a second before we go on any further. And that's a big chunk, and I don't have time to get into all of it this morning, but I believe my understanding of of, of Mark's gospel is that part of it is this, is that he's wanting to show us really truly that Jesus is the God-man. He's wanting to show us that Jesus is God and he's utterly God, that Jesus is man and he is entirely man, except he was without sin. In verses 1 to 8, he speaks of the Savior coming, whose arrival was foretold by the prophets, by Isaiah, by Micah, by the prophet John the Baptist. Then in verse 9 to 11, what he tells us is that Jesus, this Messiah, this Savior that came, he is the beloved and approved Son of God. He is God's full endorsement. God is going to use him to do something new, something awesome, something amazing, regarding revelation of who God is and what he wants life to be all about, what he wants his world to be all about. And then in verses 9 to 13, he tells us even further that this God— was not only God, but he also became man. He took on flesh. He became fully human, even to the point of facing temptation, not only for us, but actually just like us. Why? So that he could be compassionate and he could be empathetic as a friend and a savior towards us. And then Mark finishes this section of of chapter one in verses 14 and 15. And again, he says, after John was arrested, Jesus came from Galilee, proclaiming the gospel, the good news Of God, And what is that good news? It's this, that the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God, the reign and the rule of God's love and God's holiness, God's goodness is at hand. You can extend your hand and you can can touch it. it. It's becoming tangible. It's becoming real in a new way because of Christ. We can experience it. Humanity can experience God and his reign and his rule and the reality of his love in a new way because of Christ. It's at hand. It's here. So repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe this good news. And so Mark finishes this section of chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, I think, telling us this. That the reason why this God-man came was to bring the reality of the kingdom of God. To bring the reign and the rule of God here, certainly and utterly, and the beginning of ushering it in for all eternity. And what Mark is going to do, I believe, as we go on in this next section of chapter 1 and really, again, what I believe all of Scripture is all about ever since God has given me kind of this lens, is that I want to show you this morning some steps and some invitations of God, again, into this relationship, this depth, this healing, this freedom, that Jesus, the Son of God, the one who was tempted just like us but overcame it and lived without sin, who came to usher in the kingdom of God, the way that we're invited into that through the gospel of Mark here in this first chapter. It says in verse 16 to 20, it says, passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And going on for a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with his hired servants, and they followed him. Right after we get this revelation that the kingdom of God is at hand, the very next thing that Mark writes about is what? It's relationship. Do you see that? It's an invitation to relationship. The realization that the kingdom of God, the thing which Jesus came to bring, is all about relationship. That's the foundation. That's the starting point. It's Jesus sent by the Father, empowered by the Spirit, extending the grace of God the Creator to us, the created ones, and saying, come, live in relationship with me. It's God saying, I see you, I know you, I love you, I want to know you even more, and I want you to know me. Come, follow me. Come, be with me. Come, let me show you what your heart longs for. Let me show you how to live in the way of love that your heart actually longs for. Come live in relationship with me. Let me be your friend. Let me be your teacher. Let me be your guide. Let me be your counselor. Let me be everything to you. Leave your nets. Leave your family. Come and be with me. It's the foundation of the beginning of of relationship with God is responding to this call of grace that says, come and be with me. And I know I'm speaking to a majority church crowd here this morning. But even for all of us, as he extends that invitation to you again this year, do you, do you trust him? What's your response to that invitation for a relationship? Do you trust him? And are you at a place in your relationship where you just go, yeah, I know, I've kind of been there, like, I know I'm, I know I'm saved, I know you loved me, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I know, I mean, I'm already following you, like, I'm good, cool, I'm good. I, what I would desire and I think what God desires for you to hear this morning is that he wants an even greater relationship with you, each and every single one of you because he loves you beyond what you even know and understand right now. There is grace beyond what you know and understand right now. There is healing and freedom beyond what you know and understand right now. But the starting place of that is responding once again to this invitation, come and follow me. Come and have relationship with me. Come and let my love be the thing that defines you more than anything else, and let my love be what defines everything else in your world. I think Mark gives the detail about the brothers and who they're sons of and the fact that they left their nets and all that, because it's, it's knowing Jesus and being in a relationship with him that transforms every other relationship that we have. The relationship we have with God, the relationship we have with ourself, the relationship we have with our work, the relationship we have with our neighbor, the relationship we have with others, every relationship is transformed radically, by first and foremost, the relationship of our response to the grace of God that says, I see you, I know you, I love you, I wanna be with you, come and follow me. And I'm gonna make you something that you're not. To them, it was the words, I'll make you fishers of men. To us, I believe it's the same word, but he's basically saying, I'm gonna transform you through this process of learning to love one another as we journey together. God's invitation is a first foremost relationship that he's calling us to again, at the beginning of this year. In verse 21, Mark writes and he says, and then they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching and they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent, come out of him. And it says the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. As I read this, what's highlighted to me even before it's the miraculous of the healing and the freedom from the spiritual, but it's the statements that are made in both verse 22 and 27 where it says there's this word, it's, it's this astonishment at his teaching. Why? Because he taught with authority. In verse 27, they were amazed and they questioned, what is this, a new teaching with authority? I think as I've looked at it the last couple of weeks, God's framing a new reality for me that this is actually what depth is. Depth is about recognizing and acknowledging the authority of Christ in our lives. That I think depth can actually be defined as love, as authority, and as lordship. That when Jesus is inviting us to relationship depth, healing, and freedom, the depth is this. It's understanding, again, more of who, his love, his authority, and his lordship. How do, I, how do I get that from this passage? Because what John shows, or excuse me, Mark shows us is that when Jesus came, the first invitation is about relationship. The second thing he does is he goes and does something miraculous. Jesus didn't do anything except out of love. Everything that he did was out of love. It was to reveal the love of God to the world, to make it tangible. So the, the miracles are just an extension or expression of that love. But what they also do is they show his authority. They show again that Jesus is God and utterly God. He is man and utterly man. He is the God-man endorsed by God to bring about the kingdom of God. And so he's got great, great authority, even over demons. And because everything he does is motivated and done and empowered by the perfect love of God, And because he has the endorsement of God the Father, and he has authority to do all things, even to cast out demons, he is the Lord. And he's worthy of being declared as Lord. And even the demons do that. They say, the demon looks at him and says, who are you? Why are you here? Well, wait, wait. no, actually, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Basically saying, you're the Lord. You're the one who, who has lordship over all this earth. You're the one that created all this. And that's why you can come and you can cast me out because you're even the creator of me. And you can heal this man. Why? Because you created him. And you came to transform this whole world and rusher in the kingdom of God. And you actually can do that. Why? Because you're the Lord over it all. Depth is about love, it's about authority, and it's about lordship. And I think again, as Jesus calls us this year, you guys, to be a community that embraces and responds to his invitation of relationship and of depth, I think Jesus is inviting us to surrender to his love, to acknowledge his authority and to accept his lordship. Having him as savior is, 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 is one thing. Having him as my lord and accepting his lordship over my life, I think is honestly a whole nother thing. But it starts again with acknowledging his love. And his invitation as he invites us to more depth this year, I think it's an invitation to say, would you surrender to my love in every single area of your life? Every area of your life, because if you want to experience, which I think we all do, healing and freedom in every area of your life, Jesus is saying, first, you got to be in relationship with me. Second, you got to surrender to my love and my lordship. There is no kingdom, the healing and the freedom, without the king. Do you hear me? I think that's the flow of this gospel, why he's doing this. Jesus came to bring about the kingdom of God. How do you enter into it? Through repentance and belief, which we'll look at in a second. But what is the kingdom all about? It's about an invitation to relationship. And now it's about healing and freedom that flows out of depth of understanding who Jesus is. The Lord, the one who has all authority over everything. And he stewards it only in love. Why would I not want to submit to that lordship? And yet I do, I wrestle, I'm I'm with you, I wrestle, I do. But his invitation to me, Dominic, come, come, engage deeper with me, son. Submit to my lordship out of trust, because my love and my authority lead to my lordship. I think the invitation is, again, come, let me me be the greatest. Authority and lordship is about the greatest. What do we view as the greatest in our eyes? What do we hold as the greatest in our heart? And I think what we would see if we again continued on through all the gospels it's Jesus is the Lord, he's the greatest son. He's the greatest friend. He's the greatest physician. He's the greatest financial planner. He's the greatest parent. He's the greatest spouse. He's the greatest teacher. He's the greatest engineer. He's the greatest neighbor. He's the greatest leader. He's the greatest coach. He's the greatest everything. You fill in the blank. And the invitation to us is, do you see me? And understand me as the greatest, as Lord over everything in your life. And will you invite me and allow me to be Lord over every area of your life? Your own thoughts, feelings, emotions, your relationships, your finances, your job, your neighborhood, your home, everything. Will you submit to my love, acknowledge my authority, and trust me as Lord over everything? See, because when that demon understood the depth of power and authority that Jesus had, the Lordship of him, what happened? He left. And then what happens? The man is free. The man is healed. Let's go on to verse 29. It says, and immediately Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew and James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay with a fever and immediately they told him about her and he came and he took her by hand and lifted her out so that her fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases. He cast out many demons, but he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. So again, there's some who already acknowledged his lordship, but Jesus is saying it's not actually about these demons understanding my lordship. It's about humanity understanding my lordship. And when humanity understands my lordship, you know what we're going to see a lot more of, he says here? Healing and freedom. And Mark writes about two different kinds of healing and freedom here, doesn't he? He writes about the emotional and spiritual freedom of demons being cast out, and he writes about physical healing and freedom of a fever being removed. And I believe, again, what God is inviting us to this year in terms of healing and freedom is to view it far more holistically than maybe some of us do because of former theological perspectives or bents or whatever. But to look at Jesus and go, man, if Jesus is Lord and he's Lord over everything, then he has the capacity and the ability to bring freedom and healing in every area. Do you trust him? Do you trust that to be true? Do you trust that his love really is that powerful? That the authority bestowed on him by God as he comes up out of his baptism and says, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased, in whom I'm appointing to go bring about my kingdom. Do you view that holistically? Or are there just maybe some areas where you think Jesus can bring healing and freedom? And the other areas, I'm going to leave that to science or somebody else. Because he's Lord over this stuff here, but maybe not this. And again, I think Jesus is saying, do you trust me? Will you go deeper with me? In trusting my love, trusting my lordship so that you can experience and see healing and freedom holistically, physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, relationally, everything. Why? Because I'm lord of everything. How? Because I created everything. I think he's inviting us, you guys, to go deeper in trusting him and believing in his power to bring healing and freedom holistically. So again, do do you trust him? Here's another reality um, that's really clear here, is that as Mark is writing about the kingdom of God and the beginning of these things, relationship, depth, healing, freedom, how those are kind of cornerstones or pillars of the kingdom. The other things he reminds us of is this, that there actually are are barriers (laughs) to living life in the kingdom. And Jesus doesn't mince words. It's really clear in this too. There's two kingdoms actually at battle here. And there's two places, I'd say, that you and I are going to either go deeper in this year in terms of kingdom-wise. It's kingdom of light or kingdom of darkness. This whole world is moving towards a trajectory of either going deeper and deeper and fuller and fuller into kingdom of light or kingdom of darkness. And Jesus makes it really clear. The barriers, the things that might prevent us this year from trusting God and going further in relationship depth, healing, and freedom are the Satan, the flesh, In the world. Look right here, just real clearly, in the baptism, uh, excuse me, not in the baptism, but in the temptation. It says, the Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness, and as he was in the wilderness for 40 days, he he was being tempted by who? Who is he tempted by? Who is he tempted by? Who is Satan? Scripture tells us he's he's the prince of this world, (laughs) he's he's the enemy, he's the dark one, he's he's actually the initiator of, of all evil. Think back to the garden. Adam and Eve weren't the evil ones. There was one who came to tempt them, right? The snake, the serpent, Satan. Ever since Satan rebelled against God's lordship, and God said, okay, then do your thing, there's been one who has existed in in, in this world, in this reality, who does not want to see the kingdom of God moved and advanced forward through Jesus Christ. And he was alive in Jesus' day and at work in Jesus' day, even trying to get Jesus not to be Jesus and do the Jesus things that he was supposed to do. And he's still at work in this world. And I think, again, sometimes we don't think about that. We want to talk about that. It's too mystical. It's too mysterious. It's too, uh. Uh-huh. But Jesus is really clear. There's a devil. And as much as I love you, he hates you. <laughs> but he tricks you to think that he likes you. And so what does he do? He tempts you. And he pulls out your flesh. He pulls out the the parts of you that are are yet refined and, 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 I won't say redeemed, but yet refined by my love. And he knows what they are and he pulls at them. And then there's the world system. Mark tells us that before Jesus came or as he came, John was arrested. Do you guys remember who John was arrested by? John was arrested by the reigning ruling powers of the day. The government, the world system that put him on lockdown. Why? Because he was a prophet of God. He was declaring, the king is coming. So the, the kings of the world said, nope. The king is coming. Nope, we're not having that. Satan, our own flesh, the world's systems. Those things are going to come this year and try and pull us and keep us from going deeper in trust with God in relationship, depth, healing, and freedom. Just wanted to give us the heads up in case we weren't aware of it. Because again, I think Jesus is really clear about that. And as he invites his disciples and he walks with them, we see he's always really clear about that. I've come to do my Father's will, but there is another one who's at work in this world who has a different will. I've come to bring love. There's, there's one who's come to just perpetuate hate. I've come to bring light, there, but there is a Father of darkness. I've come to show you who the Father is and show you that I'm king, but there is a prince of darkness and the prince of this world. I've come to heal you and free you. There's one who just wants to see you isolated and captivated and destroyed. I've come to free you from guilt and shame. There's one who just wants you to be mired in that stuff. And so I think the invitation again this year is, do do you trust me? Jesus is saying, do do you trust me? Do you trust my voice more than that voice? Do you trust the reality of my invitation more than the things that are going to be thrown at you this year? From your own flesh, (laughs) from the world systems, from from the the prince of darkness. So here's here's final as we talk about this piece. Um, I think Jesus' invitation again to us is this. Come deeper with me, into the reality of my kingdom. And I think Jesus' challenge to us this year is, will you live for my kingdom, not your own? Invitation, come, live with me. Be in relationship with me. Go deeper with me so I can lead you into healing and freedom. But his challenge is, will you let, let me be king, not yourself? Live for my kingdom, not your own. And Mark tells us the way that we get there is through repentance and belief. Repenting is... Having a change of of mind, a change of thinking. And again, I think that's where that trust question comes in. Do you trust me? When you think of God and his ways, his word, his works, do you trust him? Because that's going to dictate everything else. And then he says, believe. To believe is actually to put the weight of your life on something, to change the way you think first, and then to go put your weight of your life on that new way of thinking. And Jesus is saying, Will you trust me? Change your way of thinking. If you don't trust me in certain areas, will you trust me there? Knowing and believing, I've called you in a relationship of love, and now we put the weight of your life on my teachings, on my love, on my word, on the reality of who I am. That's the invitation. Here's, here's practical. Kelly, I'm sorry. Here's practical. Um, I got five things I, I want to speak of. Some five ways that I believe that God is inviting us practically to step into relationship, depth, healing, and freedom this year. First one is this prayer. Uh, last week, again, I was so proud that you guys engaged with that. And we just, we kicked off the year, our very first Sunday here, just a a morning of prayer. We had some community time. We had individual time. We had people to to pray with you, to pray for you. Uh, Prayer this year is going to be highlighted and elevated even more for us as a community. That we're just going to continue to lean into it. We're going to learn it. We're going to practice it. We're going to do it together. Acknowledging that prayer is about a relationship of love and about reliance on God. It's about trusting Him. It's about responding to his love and his extension of grace to us. We have a prayer team. I want people to utilize that more and more as they're available on Sundays. That's going to be a step of growth for us is to go to someone as we talked about in our Love Move series and go, yes, I need prayer. Can you pray for me in this? We're going to pray more on Sundays. Prayer in your MCs. MCs, if you're not praying together, please hear me this morning. Pray together in your MCs. If you do nothing else, pray together in your MCs. Prayer is unifying. Prayer is healing. Prayer is freeing. Prayer is showing our reliance and our dependence on the one who created us. It's acknowledging who has authority, who has lordship. Pray together. We're going to pray together. Second thing, I invite us to engage the heart of God through regular time in the word. Some of you already at the start of the new year have probably jumped onto plans or you're going, I want to do this, but you haven't yet. As a staff, we're committed again this year. We've done it for the last however many years to go through the Moravian Daily Text. It's on the app. It's on the website. And we sit and we read it and we soap. We don't have to guess what we're doing that morning. We pick up our phone or we pick up whatever and it it tells us the verses that we can engage in. And if we do it consecutively for two years, you read through the whole Bible. It's a nice pace. But it engages our hearts and our minds in the truth of God that is healing, that is freeing, reminds us of the love, reminds us of the reality of the identity we have as the children of God and the call to be his ambassadors in this world living on mission with him. And it's not just about reading it and going, I've got information, great. It's about soaking in it. It's about meditating in it. It's about contemplating it, figuring out honestly those areas. Do I trust this or not? And repenting and believing, letting our minds be be changed and transformed, renewed through the engagement with God's Word. I invite you to do that with us. Third thing, recognize the freedom that we actually have in Christ. A key element of the kingdom of God is freedom as we saw from all manner of things, even in a couple verses there. Galatians 5.1 says this, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that Jesus came. One of the key cornerstones of the kingdom of God is freedom. That's why Christ came. And so Paul says, don't submit to any yoke of slavery. He's writing this in Galatians chapter 5 as he's about to talk about legalism and being uh, enslaved or handcuffed by like rituals and customs, but then also about sin as he trans- moves to talk about life in the spirit. So it's both. There's, there's both religious ways and things that, that are unfreeing for us, but then there's also just areas and things of sin that are unfreeing for us, that are binding. And Jesus came to free us from both of those. And I believe God's inviting us into that. And part of it is this. Again, in our Love Moves series, one of the things that we talked about was that love moves in sin, meaning love moves towards those who will admit or confess sin to embrace them and love them and restore them. One of the things that I've experienced over the last couple years as I've just led this community is in conversations, and I'm going to speak first to men. I have so many men that have actually, with courage and I'm so proud, come forward and say, I'm struggling in this area of sexual purity. Hence, the Pure Desire Conference. But over this last year, so many men have come forward and said that. And I've been able to sit with them and love and move towards them. Why? Because I've experienced healing and freedom in my own journey with sexual addiction and different things. So I would never condemn anyone and nobody's ever experienced that from me because I have my own story of how God has freed me and brought me healing from different areas of sexual things. But I'm tired of seeing the enemy, Satan, tempt men in our community and in this world through the allure of sexual addiction in different ways. So I began over this last year and a half to look at stuff and research stuff. You know what the studies show? 60% of men who call themselves Christians, who are Christians, are struggling with sexual addiction. 60%. And 33 to 35% of women are now in that same boat. It used to be that it was only a men's thing that we talked about. It's men and women, children of God, caught and trapped in that. And I believe God's invitation is healing and freedom through a relationship with me and going deeper and trusting me and letting me be Lord, letting me have authority over your life, even your sexuality, even that area that you think is untouchable or you're afraid of. But I'm tired. I'm tired not of having the conversation. I love the conversations because it's love, it's healing, it's freeing. But I'm tired of of hearing it, meaning that the devil, the dark one, is getting his way in people's lives and in families that way. And so here's what we're going to do. There's that Pure Desire Conference that we've invited people to, but starting in February, February 7th is a Thursday night. Thursday nights for 10 weeks, 11 weeks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead a group of guys who want to come and, and do this with me. We're going to go through, a, it's called Conquer Series. It's, it's, it's biblically sound, and it is clinically proven to have really good success in bringing guys to this place of healing and freedom. Thursday nights, 10 or 11 weeks, come with me. And here's the invitation whether you struggle with it or not, come. It's open for everybody. Because we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks. Part of, part of my desire is even to go look and go, if you don't even struggle with this, how do we walk together with those who do struggle? How do we get better language around this? How do we get better understanding around what actually goes on in the brain? How do we get better understanding around what is happening? And how do we look out for, if you don't struggle with this, guess what, you've got kids, a lot of us, who are being exposed to this stuff far earlier than any of us even have been both men and women. And so are you equipped to talk to your kids, the next generation, about the way that the world, the flesh, and the devil is trying to destroy them through sexual addiction? Or do you want them? And will you fight for the next generation to have relationship depth, healing, and freedom and experience it at an earlier age than you did? Thursday nights, 10, 11 weeks, men, come with me. I'll give you more details. But starting February 7th, we'll do 10, 11 weeks of journeying together. And for women, betrayal and beyond. Here's the thing. I've been talking to a couple of women trying to ask who is, there? is there women who would want to facilitate and help do this? As a guy, I can do it because of my own journey, my own story. For women, if you're out there, email me. I'd love to find some women who are willing to come together and say, you know what, I, I want a journey. and I want to lead some other women in our-, our community to experience freedom and healing in this too. Because it's not just a, a men's journey anymore. You guys hear me? Thirdly, or fourthly, uh, I believe that Growing and trusting God in relationship depth, healing, and freedom is about embracing the gift of diversity that God has entrusted to us as a multi-ethnic church. I want you guys to just pause for a second and look around this room and notice how many people look like you, but really how many people don't look like you. And no, all Asians are not the same. (laughs) And all white people are not the same. And those of us who are half of both, we're not all the same either. But I think there's a way you guys honestly that I've grown to see in the last year or two that the diversity of this community that God has given us it is a gift. It is a gift. There are not many ethnically diverse communities in our city, which is one of the widest cities in all the country. And anything that God has given to us as a gift in our lives, whether it's personal or community, you know what it's supposed to be done with how it's supposed to be done. It's supposed to be stewarded. It's supposed to be stewarded as a gift. And I think some of the ways or ways in which we have not stewarded this gift is that I've failed to lead us in intentional conversations about our, our, the, the diversity and, and the racial justice that needs to and can happen, even here inside of our own community, in order that we can go and engage that conversation outside of our community and be a voice within the larger community of what? Relationship, depth, healing, and freedom. But it has to start with us understanding and viewing, going, there's people different than me. Oh, well, Cool. Or there's people different than me. I'm scared of that. No, it's going, there's people that are different than me and that's a gift of God's grace to me to help me see more fully the reality of his kingdom. Because these people from different cultures, they grew up different. They think different. They talk different. They understand understand a view and a perspective of God and his grace and his gospel that's different than the way I understood and I need the other to help me learn the full picture of God's gospel and his goodness. You hear me? Amen? Stewardship. So... um, be the Bridge uh, is another, like, another tool that we've kind of vetted and looked at over, the, over this last year. Wendy Chen is willing to lead a cohort. It's going to start in the spring. We're still working on dates, but she's asked me, hey, do you know of somebody else in our community too who has a heart for reconciliation, social justice, who would be willing to kind of be a co-lead with me on this cohort? If you do, if that's you, email me or email Wendy and say, you know what? Yeah, I want to help lead the conversation in relationship, depth, healing, and freedom as it regards to our diversity and racial justice and reconciliation. So that, that's a practical step there too. And then number five, number five, uh, radical compassion and generosity. Uh, This is about us moving outward again and continually to generously serve those in need in our community and in our city. We're going to deepen the partnership and relationship we have with Neighborhood House. The 5K is great. There's so many other things, so many other ways that that Neighborhood House is really serving and bringing relationship and depth and healing and freedom. We want to get deeper in that with them. Uh, safe Families for Children, which you guys have heard little bits about over the last several months. Actually, next week, uh, the executive director, Steve, is going to come, and he's going to he, he and I are going to teach together, and we're going to talk about how do, we, how do we form and deepen that partnership so that we step into being a safe families church where we can bring in children and kids who don't have a safe place for different periods of time. We do that awesome and in a great way for one another. How, how do we look at the, our city and look at the needs, look at the things going on, and go, we as the church... We believe we are the safe family that God has called into this world and we're going to do something about it. So we're going to learn more about that. And then envision Bangkok and and the work going on in Kosovo, both of those international partnerships. So neighborhoods and nations. We're going to to live more radically compassionate and generous. But you know how that's going to happen? You know how that starts? We don't get to number five and going and bringing healing and freedom outside unless guess what? (laughs) What? Each of us, hears God the Father, look at us and hold us in the face and say, do you, my child, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you hear my invitation for relationship, and do you trust me? Do you hear my call for depth, for authority, for lordship, and do you trust me? Because if you do, here's here's the healing and freedom I want to bring in your life. And what I've found through my own life is what God does is when he calls us into that place of trust and he sets us free and he heals us from things that bound and confined us before, you know what he does? He then takes that thing that he redeemed and he holds it out there and he sends us out into the world to use those very things he redeemed to now bring redemption into the world, relationship, depth, healing, and freedom. But it has to start, you guys, with this place of understanding the relationship of love that God has invited you into through Christ, has empowered you with by his Holy Spirit, and responding, do you trust me? Way over, Kelly. I am so sorry. Do you trust me? <laughs> so this morning, we're going to come to the table. I want to give you a chance to respond to that question. Through worship, we put a lot of words in your mouth. Through me talking, I put a lot of words in your head. But this morning, just to give you a minute to, 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 to talk with, with God with Father, with Son, with Holy Spirit, and hear Him say, do you trust me? And I invite you this morning to come to the table and see the the crackers which represent the body of Christ that was broken for our healing and our freedom. To see the juice that represents the blood of Christ that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins to bring us again to that place of relationship and depth and of healing and of freedom. And I invite you this morning to listen for the voice of God inviting you to trust him and to respond in faith. And so God, I, I pray for that. Lord, I thank you for this community. I thank you that we're yours. I thank you for the invitation you've given us to relationship, to depth, to healing and freedom. I'm grateful, God, for the work you're doing. And I'm so grateful that you're continuing and inviting us to say, go deeper with me. I wanna know you more. I wanna love you more deeply. I wanna set you more free. I wanna heal you from every manner of crookedness and iniquity that the enemy has brought in. Because I wanna use you, Missio for my glory. I want to use you to make my kingdom known in this world. And so God, in this moment of quiet and in this moment of worship and in this moment of communion with you, would you speak? Would you speak words of life and truth to carry us forward in faith? I ask this in Jesus name. Amen.